Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Guys, what is going on? This is Brian Sumner. Welcome to episode 90 of the Foolishness Podcast. And you've been sharing the episodes like crazy. They're going all around the world. People are liking them and getting them out there. And I love that we have good content and funny people and crazy stories. But the real reason for all of this is that the message of the gospel goes out and you hear how God is still redeeming people amidst the chaos of what's going on in the world against the suffering of things around the world. And so today, as we jump into this, my guest really needs no introduction. He is world-renowned musician, having multiple albums out. He's toured the world, rubbed shoulders with the who's who in his industry. He began as the lead guitarist and co-founder of the new metal band, Korn. And as a singer-songwriter, he now has his own band, Love and Death. I say all that, but really, I just know this guy is a guy that came to faith when I did, um, and we both asked ourselves, what is God going to do with us now? And we've kind of watched that unfold. We've run into each other many times. It's been funny. This is long overdue, but Brian Head Welch, what is going on? I miss you. I miss your face. <laughs> I miss your voice. Um, I love how you say weld. Weld. There you go. World. <laughs> Say, say, hey, say, say this, say, yeah. let's go. Uh, what in the world is going on? Let's go have a burger. What in the world's going on? Let's go have a burger. That's no, Liverpool. that's Liverpool. What in the world is going on? Let's go have a burger. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I wouldn't do that if it wasn't for you. <laughs> best. You know, this, uh, when we hung out over the years, yeah, I always say, I love your accent. And you're yeah. like, I'm like a mutt. I'm, you like I got Liverpool. I have uh, there's like a Scotland thing going on I or know. something. <laughs> well, you know the problem is, and I say this is because then I have to preach to people. So if you just walked in when I was first preaching, you wouldn't know what I was saying. So I've got to do it all slow and present the voice so you get what's going on. So, but anyway, what's going on? You're in where? You're in home. Yeah, I'm in Tennessee, chilling at home. It's like literally freezing, and yep. I'm like a, you know how we're we all have quirks and everything, and yep. we're all like uh, into certain things. I'm into soft blankets. Oh yeah, I've noticed. So I turn off the heater. It's like it's probably like 25 degrees outside. I turn off the heaters and just get in my my uh, sweatshirts and blankets. Just and kick it. My bed. Have you ever had a, like a hamster? Your kids had a ham, hamster. Oh yeah, I had a hamster. Fluffy stuff, you know. Well, that's how my bed is. I got all this fluffy stuff, and I just like go under, and you, you won't even see. <laughs> that's like an album cover right there. <laughs> just your head popping out of this fluffy stuff. <laughs> well, you know, this might bum you out. Probably when we're done, I'm gonna get on my bike and I'm gonna ride down and get Mexican food tonight. You know where I'm getting it from? Sancho's. Sancho's. <laughs> So I think it's 65 in HB today, and I'll go down. I haven't seen Donnie in a while. Donnie's a good friend of Brian's, by the way, who has an amazing Mexican restaurant chain. Real wet Mexican food. It's great. But, um, you know, you were joking. You're just like, man, I don't age. But I was telling Brian, I had the hairiest face yesterday, like the hairiest in my life, almost as hairy as you. 
but I shaved it all off for us today. So yeah. Well, I'm glad that you uh, came <laughs> came all uh, manicured and everything. All prepared. I, I've yeah. had a hairy beard for like since 2005. Yeah, I don't think so, I know what you look like. I think I just see the dreads and I know your face, and I'm like, you know what's crazy? I read online that you're 50. Are you 50 now? That is amazing. Amen. You know, that's like, that is cool. What'd you say? <laughs> what? <laughs> but here's the deal. So when we're talking, and I know, you know, we text each other all the time, and guys, it goes from this scale to that scale. And I just said to Brian, what do you want to talk about? And he said, you know, God's going to work in music and just Jesus. And I just want to say that to start, you know, because sometimes people get the idea that we're in this realm of like Christian bubble where we're trying to all establish platforms and that, but that really isn't the case. We came to faith. You came to faith what year? Oh, five. How about you? Yeah, it was right at the end of oh four. So we came to faith around the same time. You had an I am second video. I had one later on. And then we kind of just crossed paths over the year. I have a lot of multiple friends. But really what happened was I remember both of us kind of being at these events and you'd be playing and I'd be speaking or something. And we'd be like, I don't know what God's doing, but is this what we do? We just we just want to share Jesus. And I feel like people might not realize it because of the rock star in you, but you're very evangelistic. That's been your heart. I mean, from the moment you came to faith, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Why wouldn't you want to share the best thing mm. that ever happened to you? Plus, you found the meaning of life. So why wouldn't you want to, you know, share the meaning of life to with someone? Because mm. everyone's searching for the meaning of life. Yeah, I found the meaning of life. So I want people to find the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. Like they are searching. You know, they need it yeah. too. Now, if I could, now God has to convince them. You know, because. <laughs> Sometimes they say, oh, you're crazy, you know, or whatnot. <laughs> but I do want to go back and say, yes, you were there at Pinnacle Times, like right when I came to the Lord, you know, we connected with uh, Jay and Christian yeah. and at the Sanctuary HP. Yeah. And then um, and then my very first concert yeah. after I left Corn as That's a crazy. solo artist, you spoke at. Crazy. So I played. And so that was, I mean, that was four years after I left Corn. That's and crazy. Look at that one, and uh, and so yeah, there's just when we we've been crossing paths, and we know the same people, and it's it's really cool, man. Well, I remember Matt Hagee, you know, John Hagee's son did an event, and I like fly in to go on his TV show, and oh, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, some some other guy, you know, do you know Brian Welch? I'm like, why is he here? And it was like you and me on the show. <laughs> then I would go out to a festival to speak, and it would be like, but I wouldn't know you were there till I got there. But I guess, you know, even just starting, and I'll, I'll say it because I remember that first show. Here's the thing. I didn't hear the gospel my whole life. So when I came to faith and they're like, hey, Brian's going to play and all this stuff. And I remember you were like, man, I'm so used to playing to all these people. Now I'm playing to, you know, a couple of hundred, maybe 400, 500 people. I'm up there speaking. I'm nervous drinking water. But I remember going out and you just lifting up God, talking about your testimony and I was able to go out there and proclaim the gospel. I remember almost being like, okay, is this what we're doing? You know, so that began then. We've had this great journey, but I want to jump in in reverse. You pretty much, and if you told me today, you've been getting interviewed every which way because of your new, what, love and death? What What is that? Let's just jump in right there. Yeah, love and death is a, it's a band that I created a few years after I left Corn, And, um, you know, we, we, 
toured around and we put out an album in 2013. I toured when I went back with Corn, Love and Death opened for Corn. Like we would play first, and then there'd be like a, a, a band in the middle and then Corn would play. So I played two shows and and then Corn just gets so busy. Yeah. I haven't done Love and Death in a while. And so it's been eight years. And so mm. uh, I just released, I'm, I'm releasing an album February 12th and we have a live streaming event. Um, coming up on uh, February 12th as well. And it's wow. playing all weekend long. So it's like 15 bucks and everybody wow. can come join us. And we're going to, we have guests. We have some cool guests that are going to come <laughs> and play with us. And uh, so that'll be live in Nashville, you mean, or what? Like you'll be playing and just they can tune in? Yeah, they can, it's, they can, we'll be playing, they can tune in and watch it. And then, but it's going to replay all weekend. Mm. And so, yeah. Get Valentine's Day. Yeah, okay. Fourteenth, so Valentine's Day weekend, you get love. And death. <laughs> <laughs> so love and death. Um, but I don't think we ever even really talked about the story of corn with you. I just here's a funny confession. I was literally talking to my buddy Chad the other week, probably a month ago, and he's from HB. You know, you probably know him, seen him around. I'm sure he knows Donnie and that. And I text him like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's asking what guest I'm gonna have on." And I'm like, Brian from Corn, And he starts laughing over and over and over. And he won't tell me why. And I said, why are you laughing? And he's like, Brian, it's Corn with a K. <laughs> oh. and, and I was in Sancho's. And I think I was looking at what I was eating. And it was like the funniest thing. But I'm saying we never really talked about, I know you'd part of ways with the band. But do you want to just unpack some of that? Because so many people said, what was that journey like? And looking back, would it have been different? So I mean, Corn was a massive, massive band. It was everywhere around the world, stadiums. I mean, so much money. And then the Lord got a hold of you. You parted ways. What was that journey like, just for a moment to unpack? Well, the uh, the the crazy thing is, um, I had a, I had a really rough uh, junior high experience, seventh and eighth grade, you know, and and I was getting bullied, and the kids grew before me, and I was the the just a you know mm. little guy and and uh, my head grew before my body so my head that's why they call me <laughs> head and so but i had this kid who brought me into his uh personal space with his family and everything and they were believers and they told me that you know christ was the savior of the world that's all i knew i didn't know about no relationship but i was like if if Christ is a savior, then if there is a savior, then why wouldn't I want one? You know, mm -hmm. it's common sense. Yeah. <laughs> so because we all got to die. Guess what? You know, a baby's born. The the process of death is is happening, even though they're yeah. growing. Yeah. Uh, they become a, a full adult. You know, the, the, the their time is just running out as soon as they're born. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I want a savior. And so I just I was like, cool. I, I did it. I prayed. And but I didn't really be believe it or know how to walk it or, or mm -hmm. go to church or anything. I just prayed it. And, but the crazy thing is it was a, it was a seed planted and it was a something that was to set, you know, my life's purpose in motion. Mm -hmm. So I went off and did my thing and, and, you know, met all the guys in corn, formed corn. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to tell the story? Of, just like, whatever. I mean, you can condense it enough so we can jump into new stuff, but I just think even you saying what you just said now is like, I didn't know some family had sown a seed and you're being so practical. Like, yeah, any listeners, 
I, you hope you guys realize you're going to die one day, 100% of us. So here's Brian Welch telling you, yeah, he loves music and God's using him, but we're talking about a savior. So wherever you want to go, yeah, I've got plenty of stuff to talk about, just wherever the Lord leads. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, my dream came true and I, my dream came true with my friends mm-hmm. that I grew up with. And, you know, there was so many musicians in Bakersfield, but we were, we got to make it. And not only yeah. did we get to make it, we got to be bigger than we thought was even possible. Yeah. I mean, crazy. We we became bigger than some of the bands that we looked up to. And it's just like, how can this happen to these little guys? And, you know, these nobodies, yeah. they called Bakersfield the armpit of California back yep. in the day. And yeah, it's just, out there off the freeway a couple of hours north. You only yeah. really go there if you live there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the stardom came and, and it grew real quick. We got Grammy Awards. We got, you know, like you said, the who's who, the actors, yeah. the uh, the musicians, all the famous people. We're connected yeah. with so many of them. And and it just what you just saw, you know, if you're if you're messing around in Hollywood in your 20s, you just see all the all the emptiness pretty quick. Mm. And, uh, you know, the touring, all the touring was pretty empty. We, we had fun and we. And, you know, there's pleasure in that stuff for a while, a wise man once said. Yeah. And, uh, so you, you you ride that wave and then it just starts to eat you alive and um, mm. you feel hollow, man. You feel like there's no substance to who you are as a person. And that's what happened to me and the guys. And mm. we became fathers and and uh, just everything was was just so gloomy, man. Everything was just mm. dark. And I, and I tried to live a life where I was grateful and happy that I was famous and could buy anything I wanted. But I had this, 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 uh, cloud inside of me that was just, you know, it was God just, I, he didn't want to make me satisfied with all the pleasures in life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He wanted us to, to look for something more because there is something more. Amen. Now, he wanted me to have balance and have the foundation in correct order. And so, uh, yeah, I was empty for years and years, drug addiction, whether mm-hmm. I was sober or an alcoholic or a drug addict, I was, didn't matter. I had depression and I felt like, uh, lost kind of mm-hmm. like I just, you know, and I didn't know what to offer my daughter and, uh, the last resort after crystal meth and all that good stuff and not good stuff, all that bad stuff. Yeah. And, good uh, stuff. The Lord's done now. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I loved money and I loved to watch my money grow. You know, my parents used to laugh at me because my brother would spend any money he got and I would pile up and save hundreds of dollars when I was a kid. And and I did that in corn. I was like piling up my money and I get stocks and I do real estate and all this stuff. And that's a good thing. But, you know, at the at the end of the day, it just uh, it didn't satisfy. But these guys I was doing real estate deals with. They invited me to church and I was doing I was messed up on drugs. So I went to church and I. And I heard about Jesus and I heard that if you if you come to church and bring all your garbage there and don't try to come clean, yeah, that God will do the work and he'll show you that he's real by doing the work that you're not cleaning mm. up yourself. So I went to church high on meth. I went to church hungover. Mm. I, went, I just went to church, like the guy said, which is a message that every church should 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 preach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I just would do what the pastor said. He's like, go home, pray, read your Bible. Hey, go home and call some friends over and go through the Bible. Watch what happens to your life. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try that. I'll do that. So I went home and prayed. Went home and read the Bible. I, I love how people. sincere you are. You're like, 
oh, have I need a savior? And I remember even when we were at the sanctuary, someone had peeled something off one of the doors and something that had been written on the wall there. And it stuck with me. It said, come as you are, leave as he is. And that's Ooh. the idea. You know, that's powerful though, right? It was from a, a church in the seventies, but come to church as you are, leave as he is. You haven't got to leave your baggage at the door, take it with you. You know what I mean? That's the way to do it. So leave as he is means mm-hmm. like, I take that to mean whole. Oh like, yeah. Restored and the baggage you're carrying. And yeah. And your identity is secure. Not that you don't go and you live a, like a, a holy roller life and you're perfect. Mm-hmm. You, you do come out looking better and you do lay down things, but it's not about that. It's about who you are in the core of inside of you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I am so comfortable with myself. I don't have the hollow feeling. I don't have the emptiness. I don't have that anymore because he, poured his spirit in me and that love and Mm. that meaning of life pushed all that out. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. I went to church and and did everything he said. And I had an encounter at home, you know, they, they talked about God and he was real and Jesus and he's real. And and I felt the, the, the eternal realm, like open up around me. Mm. It was like a door into that realm that opened up and it wasn't, you know, I would play Ouija boards and all that stuff in the past. And it was, you get this scary, eerie feeling with the spiritual world. Yeah, I did them as well. Yeah. This spiritual world was nothing but Mm. just contentment, bliss, (laughs) peace. I felt the love like that. You know, we hear love and we think human love. This was a love that was Mm. crazy different. And it was a a kindness and and peace and Mm. purity beyond this world. And I felt it all around me. And that was when I was done with the drugs. That was when I was, I was, I was addicted to that feeling right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, those drugs are, they ruined my life. This feeling is more pure and, mm-hmm. and just more real. And it, and it had like substance to it mm-hmm. inside, you know? And so yeah. that was it. I, I left everything. I followed Christ. I left corn. I left, uh, there was a $23 million deal. I walked away from that. And I was just like, focused on on the new life and my daughter period. and you feel like god was like hey i need because because i know we talked about it even back then people say to me why didn't you stay in skating as long you know i had to restore my marriage i, I was it wasn't like i was running around crazy i was depressed suicidal divorced you know i just needed to focus on what was right there and i felt like god was like remarry this woman which god led us to praise god you know my son who just walked by is 20 now look at the work god's done but for you, was it like, hey, I need to step back almost like I did from some things and I want to just spend time with Jesus. And that's where corn was just, corn represented too much of what you were stuck in. It wasn't like a personal thing with the guys. It was more just you like, hey, guys, I need to seek God right now. Yeah, it was. Listen, I, I got to stay true to myself and I'm all or nothing. Yeah. I searched for the most craziest kinds of ice and crystal meth and all the drugs and the pills and everything. I went all in with that. Yeah. Once I met Jesus, I'm not going to just go a little bit. Mm. He said, I was reading the Bible and all these things were jumping out at me. It was like, leave everything and follow me. He told his disciples, I said, I'm going to do that. I'm doing hundred percent. Oh, 30, 60, hundred fold. I don't want to be 30. I don't want to be 60. I want to be a hundred. I'm going all in 100%. And so I've, I left it all for that reason. And mm-hmm. but the, the biggest practical reason was my daughter needed a parent and mm-hmm. I'm not going to tour. Like I'm, I'm not going to tour anymore. I need a few years to figure out what's best for this kid because yeah. I, 
she was on my mind constantly in quarantine. On my mind, I was worried about her. There was family watching her, helping me with her. There was friends watching me, but she needed someone mm. like uh, steady. She needed a parent, you know. And her mom yeah. was out of the picture, and that was all she had. And that's why I was getting suicidal before I met Christ because mm. I was all she had, and and I wasn't offering her anything except except uh, hiring people to watch her, you know. Mm. So it just, that's why I wanted to kill myself because I couldn't leave the rock star life, you know, and who does that? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, until, until I met Christ and he's like, he gave me the power to, like to not <laughs> care about that rock star life. You know, he was like, let's go do something radical. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think oh. it's important as you're saying this, because sometimes people hear the way we can talk or say stuff. And I want people to know Brian is talking about the Jesus read of in the Bible, the Jesus who lived, died, resurrected for our sins. I mean, it wasn't just about the drugs and just about your daughter. You knew you were a sinner. You needed to be forgiveness. You believed the gospel. A lot of times people look at people, especially with your celebrity status and go, what gospel is this? But the conversations we would have, and you know what I'm like, I just want the word. It's thorough. You were always at the Bible out. You were talking about God doing this, God doing that. I look at it like you were just a sweetheart of a man that was like, man, I just love Jesus. And I love my daughter. And even the corn thing was like, you got to just let God work that out. You know, you took a step back. And so that was many years. And I remember even the season of you felt like you were going back to corn. How did that unfold then? Did any, were any of those guys come into faith at the time? And was it just like you felt like, Lord, here's a platform? Or how did that play out? Um, no, they weren't coming to faith at that time. Um, there was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of groupies. There was a lot of just chaos going on and, and the band was fighting. Mm. And, uh, you know, one guy was a blackout drinker that was, was sweetest guy back, you know, when we grew up, but he's, he's Mm. like trying to fight me now (laughs) when he gets drunk. And, and then another guy was just pompous and wanted to be like, uh, the, the coolest guy. And he was, controlling everybody and then you know the another Mm. guy was just massively massively addicted to all kinds of like ecstasy and coke and meth anything you know everything and and so it was a thing where i left bitter because i didn't understand it all you know but i knew that i was being called and so there was some pride for you know being called by god and all that Mm. stuff there's pride in there but it was a it was a thing where I think I needed in order to give me um, the strength to leave in my flesh, my flesh wanted to be angry at them. Hmm. So it'd be easier to walk away. Right. You could justify it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, screw those guys, yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh, so that's what I did. It was, uh, and it, well, I'm not proud of it. I, I should have handled it way different, but you know, but, but God is, in love with everybody, you know, it's like, you know, Paul in the, in the book of Acts was talking to idol worshipers and pagans. And he's like, in him, we live and move and have our being. He's telling that we're all offspring of God. Right. Mm -hmm. So God was working on corn after I left. And so Mm -hmm. he, he's, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. And, and the, there's a scripture that's, that I really love. It says, can anyone hide in a secret place so that I cannot see them, <laughs> declares the Lord. 
He's like, do I not fill heaven and earth? Mm. And so, yeah, they, they were, they were going through their own journey, you know, when I was outside of corn. And so they all came, mm. came to a place where they're, they're all sober. Yeah. They're, they got awesome relationships with their wives. They're, they're, they even started having more kids as old men. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, well, because they were getting asked questions too. Where is Brian? What is Brian doing? And so they're like, we're sick of hearing of this, this Christian Brian who's left the band. But here's the reality. And I say this to a lot of people. I think pastors can abuse this and say, we've got to go and make everything as high end and have the higher rollers because they really want to be around it. But here's the reality. Who is going to even get to be close to these now rock star corn guys that you love, but told yourself, you know, I'm bitter, I'm done. Who could have even gotten that close to them aside from someone like yourself? I know it's the gospel, it's the power of salvation, but doesn't it make sense that God would have you go on your, I mean, I remember at the first show, you were like, man, I was playing a, you know, hundreds of thousands. And I think you were joking, man, Brad Pitt will be showing up with this person or something. And now you and me are like in the back of some parking lot. But you know, someone had said to me years ago, there's no egos in the kingdom of heaven. And it was like, we all have our ego. We want the podcast to be the best we've ever done, or you want your album to be the best. The difference is you want to do this unto the Lord now, but God had to definitely tear some things down to be used. So then those guys start getting straight. And are you like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go back in. And you were able to help those guys or did any, did any of those guys come to faith since then or what? Yeah, the bass player is, but, you know, I respect everybody. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of us that follow Jesus. There's a, you know, the, but none of them are against Jesus. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. on their journey. And yeah, I've got, and I've learned to respect people. You know, yeah. Paul says, you know, we regard nobody according to the flesh, you know, and mm-hmm. honor those and treat others better than ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and so I just, I love my friends, you know, and, and mm-hmm. they, they're on their own journey, and I respect that. And yeah, Fieldy from Corn, he uh, he became a believer a few months after me, actually, which mm-hmm. me because I'm like, all right, Lord, you led me out, you know. <laughs> and it was for my daughter and whatnot. But I was telling Fieldy, like, come with me, let's go do something, you know. We'll do yeah. Christian. And he's like, you're weird. No, <laughs> you know? he's like, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm staying here. Just do and what I, he's doing. I yeah. there. You know, I was all immature and whatnot. And, well, uh, I think it's important what you're saying because people have got to differentiate. It's easy to sit back and say, well, this guy's a rock star, so why be around that world? But you made a relevant point. A Christian can go to work today and work for a boss who is deceiving the IRS, who's lying, who's sleeping with one of the secretaries. Isn't that heinous? You know what I mean in a sense then? But they're going there. Your boss is allowed to do what he wants to do. He can lie, he can cheat, he can steal. But we're going there to try and be an example, do things you know, honestly, and believe Christ is going to show up. And that's the same. You might have band members in different places trying to think of different gods, but Brian is there preaching Christ, him crucified. So you've been back in the band for how long now? For You said eight years or you were away for eight years? Um, I was away for eight years. Hmm. And I've been back in the band since since 2012 so Mm. nine years since i've since i've been back uh with the band and but yeah i do focus a lot on sharing my faith in there you know and uh i don't know i'm i'm at i'm at this place where i'm kind of uh 
I, I need a lot of balance because because I, I want to be led by the spirit and I don't want to be a Bible thumper and yeah. you know, I want the light to shine and I don't want to uh, be a repellent, you know, so I'm just trying to be led by the spirit. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, that's all we can do uh, because if there's not love and you're not led by the spirit who is love, mm-hmm. then you're a clanging symbol to people, you know? Yeah. So I'm, trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to become wiser and follow the spirit of wisdom and how, Mm-hmm. That happens, but I mean, after concerts, we'll go out. I know people all over the world. They'll meet me at a concert and they'll go. You know, we used to hand out backstage passes to our security guards to go find like the yeah oddest girls when we were in our twenties. You know, <laughs> if they have a boyfriend, tell them to leave their boyfriend, bring them backstage. All that now. Now I give the passes to my friends and I say, go ask the spirit who who needs. Mm-hmm. Who is who's ready? Who's open? As yeah. Scott McNamara would say, yeah. the apple that's ripe. Jesus that's at the door. Go find those people, and they'll bring people back after the show. Or I'll go out there. Mm. With, uh, you know, during a tour, it could be hundreds of people that we speak to, and we'll we'll just pray for them. We'll we'll share our stories. We'll, mm. we'll you know all kinds of stuff using that platform. Yeah, because you you're playing music which you love. You're constantly doing things like this where you're preaching the gospel through it. And then in person, even if the worst, you know, the atheist guy that might hate everything about God and you're like, hey, let's see where this guy is to have that conversation for him to listen to you more. Even the way Apostle Paul was before certain leaders or John the Baptist, and they use opportunities to reach people that didn't believe at the time. Even Daniel, that's what he did, you know, the whole time in Babylon. So I think I want to challenge people sometimes to think the gospel is so clear. It's in word and deed, but the way the spirit will lead you. Yes, the word's spoken. Yes, you're loving on people, but the spirit's the one who moves you and say, especially in your realm, because you're in so many different areas through so many times throughout the year. And then someone had asked a question. This is this is pretty awesome. because I remember your book came out and there was like a juggling season. That was when we were first kind of getting going. And someone had just said, what is the most important thing that you gained or grown in or land in your faith walk, working out your salvation since you wrote your first book, like from the Brian back then to now, what is like a powerful thing you've learned about either you or for believers to know? Ooh, I think, uh, you know, Philippians chapter four is uh, really powerful. What I've learned is there's a secret that he talks about. Mm-hmm. Paul says, I have learned the secret of being in need and having lack. And I've learned a secret of, of, of being content with having plenty and having, you know, abundance. Mm. So lack and abundance mm. secret is he says in the next verse, I can do all things through Christ. So it's living through Christ in content mm. with, with whether you're suffering or whether you're, you know, just blessed and, and everything's mm. good. So that's the biggest secret I learned is just to, I mean, if you want to make demons mad, I mean, if you find that place of rest in Christ and you kind of ignore them, <laughs> that's a, you will make a lot of demons mad. And it's, it's, I think it's maturity. I'm not like all mature spiritually and not that I don't have a lot of more room to grow, but I found, I find a, a place in my walk 16 years later that I'm just mm-hmm. at rest in my emotions and, you know, with a pandemic going on, I'm at rest yeah. and I'm praying for the suffering, right? And the political 
left and right and yeah. crazy stuff going on. I'm at rest in my soul, you know, mm. and you know, my dad had open heart surgery during COVID Wow. Go to the hospital with them. You know, I'm at rest in my soul mm. and faith can be a goal. That word goes right along with trust, you know? And so mm. when you have a trust where the circumstances can't, can't, mm. um, grab you and own you and control you, you know, like your emotions, your, your up and down emotions. My emotions have been quiet and put to rest to where I don't go real high and I don't go real low. I just kind of, mm. so that's the biggest thing I learned. I think with walking with Christ is in wow. him is so much rest in him. <laughs> you know, I'm in, Jesus said, I'm in him. Or, I am in you and you are in me and we are in the father. That's what Amen. he said. <laughs> no, I felt like God asked me, he's like, one day, what you want to know what it feels like to be God? What do you think it feels like to be God? And then I, I was like, what does it feel like to be God? And then I just felt like the word rest, mm. just rest. Because even when he's working, he's resting. I mean, he's yeah. doing something, but he's at all times the perfect peace. You know, it's the, it's the peace of God that surpasses understanding. So that's yeah. a good answer because... You know, it's sad to say, but even when a believer passes away, it's just different for us. Thessalonians says we don't mourn like those who aren't believers. You know, so what Brian's saying as well as you abase or abound, whether you have or have not, because the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Am I content whichever president wins? Am I content with if album sales are the best or not, or if people like this episode or not? If we're in Christ and it's not our pride and we're doing our thing, that allows you then to step out of corn. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And then step back in and then be doing what you're doing. And I mean, from a Christian point of view, your daughter get to have a, got to have a father that was there. And you got to go all over the world and share with a lot of people. And now you're back. And it's not about whether you have or have not. Sometimes we get a, a, a kind of mentality that God doesn't want us to have anything. And I look at it like God is going to give us what we need. You know, like 1 Timothy 6 talks about those who are rich if someone has a load of money, go use it for the Lord. If someone doesn't, someone that's rich should come along and help them, or they should get off the rear end and be doing what God's called them to do because he's made a promise to provide. So, so yeah, yeah 16 years, it's been wow. So yeah, For you, so you just hit your 16. Uh, yeah. In- yeah. Yeah. Right. I got baptized right there, Tower 8, you know, with uh, Roger and Jay and a couple of people dunked me, 2004, and um it is crazy, you know, the peace we have, even when you interact, we'll talk, or any believer, when you're just there, you're like, Lord, one of the biggest evidences for me is that two believers connecting, there's just so much unity, you know, in what he's doing. So, and then one of the things our buddy Mario, you know, we've known for years, Mario D'Ortenzio, and with Death to Life Ministries, an amazing ministry that helps people who are depressed or suicidal, D2L, yeah. he just said, how, and I know you're really good friends with him. How do you deal with those in the church that might have even looked at you going back to corn in a condemning way where they wouldn't have understood? Like, how can you go back to the world in a way? What was that season like? The same, just riding out that piece. Shout out to Mario. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, I knew it was going to cause a stir and the dog returns to his vomit and all that stuff. But, you know, I had clear, Hmm. clear direction to uh, Hmm. front the Lord to go back. And I, 
I had a confirmed, like, I can't even count how many times. And there, there was people when I actually, I announced it and I was still playing with love and death. And there'd be people that came to the meet and greet or whatever. They took me aside and said, you're in danger zone, what you're doing. And I, I would just grab them and I'd say, Hey, watch this Lord break anything in my life physically or any other way to get me to where I'm supposed to go if I'm off track here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was submitted to what God was doing. Yeah. I was so confident. And then I did have some doubts early on, but it just walked me along through it. And then, uh, so I, I go back and then, yeah, a lot of the online, you know, trolls and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. there was some that had, uh, tender hearts about it. They're just concerned for me, you know, and that was cool. Why not? You know, amen. You know, and so, but Mm. just spirited ones, I would attack online. I would go back and forth with them. And, and, and then after time passed, a few months passed. And I was like, you know, what did Jesus do when he went to the cross? He kept his mouth quiet, you know, Yep. led to the slaughter with, without. Yep. This thing. And Isaiah 53, like a lamb. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so I learned that and, and hmm. you know, there's still naysayers sometimes, but I just, I, I just blocked him out, you know, and, or hmm. blocked him in a, in a real way on Facebook. I but. block people. I never used to, but people just start harassing or going, or they want to just talk about a certain doctrine. They'll just go off on it. And I'm like, look, you're getting in the way of whatever anyone else is doing. You can inbox me and talk, but when you're just going off and it's more about you, and this yeah. kind of this kind of leads into a point of someone had asked they, someone had asked two questions: How does Brian seek out the Holy Spirit, and when do you hear him the most? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, before I do that, I want to tell you a story of the of the biggest. Okay, this is <laughs> this is Christmas, two thousand and twenty. Yeah, like what four weeks ago? Yeah, I get a package in the mail, and it's my book. And I'm like, okay, why are they sending this book here? This is weird and a little weird that they know this address and mm-hmm. and they want me to sign it and send it back. I'm like, okay. Uh, so I open the package. That's what I'm thinking. I open the package and there's one uh, little section. It It's a guy that shows me his motorcycle and it's a Harley. He's like, this is my motorcycle. It's cool. And I'm like, oh, cool. I grab the other section. There's a note and it says, here's your book back. I have noticed that you have walked away from the Lord and what you're doing, the people you're hanging out with and whatnot. So I wanted to give your book back to you. <laughs> so I'm oh like, my gosh. Hey, mad respect to you if you want to do that. But it was just weird that yeah. the person's showing me their motorcycle and, and then it's like I'm a friend and then um But in this area. House. <laughs> so but it was my first book that was like the OG copy and I don't think I have one, so I was very stoked to be getting it back. <laughs> but in in order to to hear the spirit, turn off the noise. That's what I do. Turn off the noise. Now I'm speaking to myself again right now because I love I love me some uh, movies and documentaries on Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I got to turn off noise. But what I did then to go to go back to corner to hear and everything, I turn off the noise. There was a. a you know, I was like a caveman, a weird, like a dreadlocked heavy metal monk for like a month before I went back to corn. 
My daughter went to see my her grandparents. I was at home alone, no touring or nothing. And I just felt this like calling to draw near to God, to the spirit. And I did that for 30 days. And I had, you know, you feel God's love and his, uh, and his kindness and his, mm-hmm. his presence and stuff at times. I'm telling you for <laughs> most of 30 days, I was like having an encounter with God for, mm-hmm. I would wake up. It's right there. I would, all the way till I go to sleep for the better part of 30 days. And that was right before I went back to corn. And um, it was, it was really special to, uh, to have that period. And that carried over after I made the decision that carried over for the first, like two years I was back in corn. His presence was so easily just to uh, like tangible. You could feel it. Yes. It was so easily accessed. It's mm-hmm. present as soon as I focused in. And so that's faded a bit, but it's still mm-hmm. there, you know, but, uh, but that was another reason he was showing me like, I'm right with you. This is where mm-hmm. we're and whatnot. it was amazing time, man. Well, and I want to, again, encourage people. You read the old Testament. And if you see God in the old Testament, you drop dead. No one has seen God and lived, but God shows up, you know, in the angel of the Lord, he shows up in his presence. I mean, I believe he was there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. I believe he showed up to, was it Abraham and all these different people. But now as a believer, we have a high priest, Jesus, who's in heaven interceding for us, and he's given us the Holy Spirit. And we can have as much of God as we press into. Sometimes even some of my favorite preachers will be like, you know, there's such a reverence for God, which we absolutely need, but we've got to realize God did send his son to die for Brian and Brian. He does love us. He isn't that distant. So when someone fasts or draws near or seeks him, we're not getting new scripture. We're not writing the gospel of Brian or Brian. You know, what we're doing is we're hearing him impressing things. Who should I marry? Where should I live? And what should I do with my music? If we're meant to seek first his kingdom, it's written, but the Holy Spirit anoints and leans and puts things on us. And Josh Garrels just said he felt like the Lord would illuminate things in him or impress rather. That's how I feel. Hey, I should say this. Hey, I should do this. There's that daily relationship with the spirit coming upon you. And so, and that kind of leads into a question that you just said, you know, about even Netflix and stuff. I like this one. Someone had just said, does music, movies, or relationships in the secular realm, does it disrupt your spiritual walk? You kind of answered that almost, but if so, what do you do to get back on track? <laughs> and you started by saying, turn it down, but yeah. A great question because I'm convicted right now and I'm going to be convicted later. <laughs> when I was 15, I was like every, the whole world, especially in California, we were terrorized by this night stalker. Did you great. watch it on you on, you watch it on Netflix? Yeah, and I feel, I don't feel, I'm convicted. I'm like, I shouldn't be walking. But it was such a part of my, there was a fear that was, and I just wanted to, I wanted to see behind the scenes stuff going on. So that mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, like I, I stay away from that. <laughs> that Because I used to love like murder mm-hmm. documentaries. And, 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 you know, you hear about these killers and what they do and all that. And it just makes you just feel mm-hmm. like, just defiles. I feel like that. It kind of defiles inside of me, you know, and so I don't watch that stuff anymore, but I've mm. been and I'm watching a Night Stalker one, but uh, I'm halfway done. 
and I'm I'm going to go back to abstinence after that. <laughs> but because <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I did see it. I watched it like the other week. And the things I wanted to say out loud, I was so mad. And and here's what I'll say. Um, growing up in England, my dad loved Jack the Ripper. You know, he would watch every single thing he could. He was fascinated by it. They had a thing in England called the Yorkshire Ripper, which is basically, you know, and that's, that's actually in the same slot, I think, on Netflix as the Night Stalker. So when I came over here, I didn't really care about this stuff. I got a fever the other week. I'm laying in bed. and I Literally, I haven't been in bed for like two days in so long. And there's nothing on. I'm like, you know what? And so I didn't know much about the Night Stalker. And when I watched it, I was mad. Like, I was so mad. Like just If I could have just walked into a room where this guy was there, you know what I mean? And just like dealt with it all right then. And um, you were mad at him? for I was, You know, but here's the thing. Um, it does unpack what he faced in his life. And we know we live in a, in a wicked world and nothing he did is, is right. But sadly, some of the things get unpacked. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't like I wouldn't let my kids watch it because it's crazy. You know, it's like I don't want them feeling that emotion, all the rest of it. So, yeah. But um, but so you basically you're saying that those things emotionally do get attached to you. We can thrive in mobster films. We can get focused on things that we shouldn't be looking at. That's a very real thing. So you just. You just distance away, get back with the Lord. Yeah, no more Night Stalker for Brian. Personally, listen, I want to be very clear. We are free to do what we want. God's given you freedom of choice. But he's He's taught me, like, do you want my presence or do you want that? Mm-hmm. And I want what goes back to 2005 when I was on drugs and I felt that I was addicted to that. I want I want his presence. I want a relationship. I want intimate um, spiritual mm with him yeah so that's why it's not like i'm trying to be a goody goody two-shoes christian it's i want this i have a choice choose life or death right yeah that's me and my life and yeah. so everybody else out there they they do what their convictions tell them. yeah you're not saying legalism but the bible says think on those things that are above i mean if i'm feeding myself junk all day what's going to be coming out of me and that whole saying that you know whatever dog you feed is going to grow if you focus on your addiction to this or that, that's going to be what's given life. So, and a lot of people ask too, did you ever skate? Um, I, I had an awesome skateboard when I was a kid and I got the OJs. Remember when the OJs were like, yeah, just the hot wheels. And yeah. Everything? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the terminology, I'm sorry. I oh no, yeah. They were ripping wheels back in the day. Whatever you said, hot wheels, that's good. But as a guitarist, you don't want to break your wrist, right? That's, that's kind of why you stop. Exactly. See, you get it. You know, and and you've alluded to some of this stuff too, and it's probably a good playoff since the Richard Ramirez thing is dark. But someone had said, you know, I'd love to hear your insight on how darker music styles in terms of, you know, um, genre and tone and style can be used to glorify God. I love a lot of the same style of music myself, and I'm just interested on Brian's take as someone who – views it as artistic expression so for you i mean this is it's a darker style of music in the 50s people wouldn't even accept this and um, everything's made by the lord it should all be redeemed the apostle paul would use everything you know letters tablets i mean papyrus zoom music and um, what's your insight on using that style of music then just as a believer i guess i mean i i just love it man i, I love the the minor god created music you know, the minor notes and the 
the things that make you feel, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever read the Bible, but it's, it, it can be pretty dark and, and, <laughs> and gloomy and, and difficult. You know, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of persecution. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it's just a war from beginning to end, you know, yeah, yeah. pretty much, but there's love that comes in, you know, mm-hmm. in Christ and, and, and God's love is right there in the background and right in front of us always, you know, and throughout the Bible. So, mm. but uh, I, I'm drawn, man. I mean, honestly, just, just the, uh, the minor notes, like I said, and the energy, yeah. you know, the, the Psalms say, give a shout to the Lord. I mean, shouting is in heavy metal. So it's pretty, uh, pretty easy <laughs> to make that work. But um, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm just drawn to it. It is who I, it, it is who I am as far yeah. as like, on this earth. It is, it is, it is what I love. It is, it, it just, it's art. It's a beautiful form of art, you know, mm-hmm. it's like all, like if you look at paintings, you know, beautiful paintings, some, some have a darker edge to it and some are like mm-hmm. a beautiful sunset or whatever. It's just another, another form of art. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I grew up, I mean, listening to my band was Iron Maiden. You know, when I was eight, I had a denim jacket with, you know, the patch on the back. And, you know, Tony and Yuli, you know, from Christian skaters who were down in Florida originally, they were really good and friends with Nico McBain, who is the drummer for Iron Maiden. So it'd be interesting to interview him because it's like a lot of the songs were specifically about things that would look more occult or crazy. But then he became a believer, or I think one of the guys in Black Sabbath, right? I think was the drummer a believer or something? Or I mean, Alice Cooper. So the difference is God made all of these notes, tones, all things made by him, for him. The difference is people should redeem it. And then a lady from our church, Crystal Medina, asked, when you first became a believer, you feel so close to God, but as life's trials evolve, did Brian ever find himself turning away from the Lord? And if yes, what helped you draw near? And if not, how have you maintained such a strong faith? Um, yeah, there's been times where um, I've I've always talked to him every day, you know. But it's the focus. It's the uh, am I going to the bread of life to eat the bread every day, you know? Mm. Um, not the way that I did in the past at times, you know, because you there's uh times where we feel kind of offended sometimes at god you know because like why 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 do you allow pain sometimes that's so severe you know Mm. but it's it's the fallen nature but i think we all have had those times where you know we we get you know angry at god or whatever and like wondering what are you doing and Mm. and uh and things like that but i always I always share my true feelings, you know, and in the past when I went through massive healing and guess what, when you're going through healing, the the ugly in you has to come out. And so I had like angry, <laughs> angry conversations with God. I had uh, cussing and yelling and all yeah. that stuff back. I'm talking like 10 years ago now, but, mm. but he can handle it all, you know? So yeah. I just, I just I take it all to him. If I'm if I'm staying distant, I just say, Lord, I'm I'm staying distant from you. There's something, you know, maybe I know what it is, or maybe it's subconscious. What is it? Go to mm. it, handle it. Mm. Um, I and I tell him I I want to draw near to you, but something's wrong right now. You know, so just be very very uh, 
just honest Amen. with God. Very, very honest. And, mm-hmm. and, and just all that stuff needs to be poured out to him in prayer. And he hears everything and he, he will, he will draw you back, you know? So you're saying that heavenly father, our dad can deal with all of Brian's issues. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. it's biblical. I mean, we have a book called Lamentations and in the West, we've forgotten how to lament. You know, we want everything to be perfect. How much hypocrisy came into the church because people went open and didn't humble themselves, didn't talk about their struggles. I mean, um, Jeremiah is a weeping prophet. He's constantly wailing. We all know the book of Job, how crazy it is. And I mean, you've got Jews today standing before the wailing wall. So when people got COVID this year or people died or, you know, your dad, you said, I think had open surgery or something. That sucks. I know my wife just got back from, and I'm saying this because we'll probably have a lot of new listeners who don't typically listen to, you know, what I'm saying. And I hope they forgive me for jumping in so much because though I'm interviewing Brian, this is a discussion between friends, you know, but for my wife's mother, she got ALS, which is one of the craziest diseases. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, you know, yes, my mom passed away some years ago. We miscarried far along. You know, we were divorced, remarried. Thank you, Jesus. But going through this, one of my friends from back home said, Brian, how can you possibly believe in a God who would allow this to happen to someone? And as I thought about it and responded to them, I haven't seen them in 25 years. I said, you know, if there wasn't a God, I couldn't deal with this because we fell in the garden because of sin. That's why Brian ended up on drugs or this Brian ended up divorced and angry and hating God. That's why she has ALS. That's why we'll all die. So it's only because of the understanding of God that any, you know, if you have a good understanding of Genesis 1, 2, 3, God intended it to be perfect, but man fell because he believed the lie. Satan came and said, did God really say? That's where it fell apart. So, hey, man, you just keep going and trusting and bringing it to him. And, and that doesn't mean you're out of fellowship with him. It just means you're either you're hidden in sin. You know, when God confronted Adam, he said, where are you? And God knew where he was, but he was saying, Adam, do you know where you are? And then God still is the one who clothed them then. So that's good. And then Scott McNamara, who you mentioned earlier, and he just said, I love you both. So <laughs> Scott McNamara, I love you, Brian. Okay. Me too. <laughs> Was it, I love you both? Question mark? No, he just said, love you both. He didn't even ask a question. He just said, he just I showed up. I want to say for anybody that's watching that sees you jumping in, I don't want this to be an interview. You're my friend yeah. and I want it to be a conversation and conversations are back and forth. So I love what you're doing. And you know, what I try and do is pastorally is I just qualify. I just try and hit things back to the scriptures because I'm thinking of me being 19 or 20 when I didn't want to live watching maybe Brian Welch or someone and going, man, I've looked up to this guy. And as you're saying things, I'm trying to just put things in context so they can hear what God's saying. Because, you know, I know where you you are in heart, focused on the Lord all these years, raising your daughter, very aware of the gospel. To me, this is just hanging out but I always want to be able to engage people and say, guys, there's a bigger picture as well. So, you know, my friend Evan actually asked, and I don't know whether he was joking or not, but he said, I watched your cribs in India. Is that still going? And how many kids were you supporting over there? So, yeah, that was, uh, so I, I did a little play on cribs, you know, MTV cribs. Of course. That's why I didn't know if he was telling the truth or not. I'm like, are you joking with us? (laughs) No, it's true. So, uh, I had a, I had a, a, a guy I was connected with that connected me with the Good News India people over there. 
Mm. Um, I, I, I donated like $150,000 or something. And, Amen. and they wanted to give, uh, name a home after me. We, we, so it was called the head home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that I was in partnership with ended up being really taking me through the, the ringer. I talk about it all in my book with my mm-hmm. eyes wide open. And, and so I, I kind of lost touch with them. But the, it's called Good News India, and they're still going. They're still helping kids. I'm just not associated with them. It was like mm. a it was a donation thing that was really cool when that happened back then, but it kind of went separate ways. So shysty, you know, and I and I say that because so many people with good intentions like yourself, and then a couple of shysty people ruin it for everyone. So guys, know who you're giving to, know who you're partnered with, know what you're doing. And I've seen you over the years. And help people out in so many ways like that, not to steal your treasure in heaven, but amen. Um, and then this is, you know, this is kind of cool too, because I think it's important. When we both came to faith, um, I remember it's just like, we'll go anywhere, do whatever, as long as you're sharing the gospel. So there's so many camps of Christianity now. And a lot of things I got involved in years ago, it became suddenly more, you know, um, motivational speaking, or they became more focused on the uh, prosperity gospel. So how do you now, after all these years, some of the people you have connected with that became friends or not, how do you navigate the kind of ministry you get involved in? You know, what's the the gauge anymore? You know, you know what? I've gotten myself in trouble quite a bit because um, I have ventured into every stream of Christianity and <laughs> I love to see how different people love Jesus. Yeah. And I want to see if it's fake and I want to see if it's real and I want to see what's genuine. I want to mm. see, like, I've been to Baptist church. I've been to Pentecostal. I've been to charismatic. I've been to Lutheran. I've been to Methodist. I've been to, you know, everything you could think of. And I've been to the most underground radical groups and, you know, and there's always some picture that comes out and then people are like, he's with these people. He's a heretic and all this stuff. And I make no apologies of it mm. at all. Mm. And, and, uh, I, I go with who I feel led to go with. And, and I look, I can go hang out with anybody that has a different doctrine mm-hmm. and, and just have something in common with them. They mm-hmm. believe in Christ and they've had an encounter with Christ. And that's all I need. Now, mm-hmm. do I publicly take pictures with people that, you know, that, uh, that are really controversial and I honestly don't believe, no, I won't do that, but I will go check it out because Mm. I'm interested. I'm not going to take people's word for it. That people are heretics. I like to go check it out myself. Yeah. And so, um, but I do, I have learned a lot because it's bit me in the butt sometimes, you know, where pictures been sent out and I'm like, Oh man, that's just going to cause all kinds of trouble. I don't want to cause trouble. And then Mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't want it to hurt what, what my, my witness, you yeah. know, my story is so I, I do use caution sometimes now, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I just, I kind of feel led, you know, and I kind of stay in my own lane. I got a unique calling, you know, being in corn mm-hmm. and a type of band corn is, is a unique calling. It's, I know not everybody understands it. Not everybody could, could, could handle what I'm doing or whatever, mm-hmm. but for me, it's, it's my calling. And so I kind of, I kind of mm-hmm. like to stay, and do my own thing, you know, mm. but, but I'm always connected to people like you and Ryan, whosoever's and, and Sonny and all these other people that are believers and in, in bands, you know, but, you know, I love to hang out with non-believers and I love them yeah. to, uh, I just love people, bro. Like genuinely, yeah. 
Sometimes I think I forget the agenda that, you know, I want them to know Christ and I just love people. I I enjoy them. I enjoy them a lot. So I kind of focus in on that and, but I do stay away from the controversial ones like we talked about earlier, you know, you well, because you, you went from the introvert who was in school with some kids saying whatever your head grew to now you're like Mr. Loving people, but you know, people don't come up to me and attack people, but I could see how for you, you're around so many people, you stand out with the hair, obviously people know who you are. And when I came to faith, there were certain ministries that just said, Hey, would you come speak to our youth? And I was like, yeah. So I would go and I would proclaim and I would share I'm not affirming everything they say or do because now it's all out there, but I'm going to go and preach the gospel. You know what I mean? And I'm going to go do what I'm going to do and I'm going to believe. And if you said to me, where do I sit in my doctrine exactly? There's certain things I agree with in certain circles or certain things I don't overhear. I believe the Holy Spirit still moves today. Uh, do I believe that certain people carry certain gifts or how he moves and ministers? This is all up to God. I know the signs follow those who believe. I believe the gospel. I want to go love on people. I'm going to step out in faith and trust the word. And I believe if I do that in honor of God, God will redeem Brian Welch's or Brian Sumner's shortcomings. Um, and that's it. You know, and, and there's things now that I might not go do because of a certain circle group of people. But that's just my discernment. That's just me saying, hey, I'm way more conservative than a lot of people, but I'm way more focused on letting the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants to do than many. I mean, you know what I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm going to make sure the gospel's preached, but I'm like, if someone over here starts speaking in tongues, I'm going to believe someone's going to interpret or there's a reason I'm going to go to the verse in my head. If someone over here is doing this, so, okay. And then a couple more questions. I know you've been hanging out for a while and, I got to eat dinner, bro. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> I thought you were fasting. You know, I was trying to get you away from the uh, the dinner and the Netflix, the Richard Ramirez. <laughs> but a few more here is what are your biggest struggles living as a Christian in the world now of rock and the musicians you're around? Do you see all those people or are you kind of just off doing your own thing anyway? Yeah, I'm off doing my own thing anyway. My biggest uh, temptation is sugar because you go to rock concerts and there's like five different cakes backstage at the catering and there's, there's bad food and there's all that stuff. Now, alcohol, some of my friends drink around me, they're responsible drinkers. Um, sometimes I'm just like, mm, it'd be nice to have that beer right there, but I can't because I will drink 12 of them. Yeah. And, and mm. trust me, I tried a few years ago to have a couple beers and I drank 12 of them. So oh, no, <laughs> no, I can't do it. Don't go there. So, uh, yeah, that's my biggest thing. But as far as like other guys and other bands, man, nothing, nothing phases me. Some we'll play like in, in France or something. And mm-hmm. on the bill, there might be like a sat- Satan band or satanic band or whatever that they're blatantly satanic. I don't, that doesn't phase me at all. Yeah. Man. No greater is me. Greater is the light and all that. And mm-hmm. I'll sit there and, and ask them how they're doing, and I'd, I'd sit and eat with them. You know, I have no problem. It's the person. The person is valuable, and mm. and and God has a massive love for them. You know, and so mm. I wouldn't agree with anything that on any of that stuff, obviously. But you know, yeah. but uh, if honestly, we're, look, we're older in corn. We're older. All yeah. the, all these rock bands. If I feel like with the social media and everything that's so available to, to discover right now, it's just, we're kind of over it, man. We're over. There's no groupies. We're over. There's no drugs. There's it just, we're over it. The next question was, and you've already answered it. Um, 
how do you minister to those in the music business? And it's just like I do, you know, and I use that verse so much. Paul ministered in the synagogue, but in the marketplace with whoever Ryan Reese throws you there, whoever ministries with whosoever happens to be there. So you just be you. A lot of Christians don't realize this. You carry the spirit of God. You are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy. If you're Brian Welch with a guitar, if you're Brian skating, if you're a guy on the jujitsu mats, just be you. You answered that for us anyway. But then has any other musicians specifically, though, reached out to you, not to name them, but you were like surprised, like, wow, God's getting a hold of these people in this, this industry, you know? You know what? Just the most he's used me in the last 16 years has been my story. Hmm. But I have, I've had many, many musicians come to me and say, man, I read your book and, you hmm. know, and, and it's changed me and, and it's encouraged me. And they, they ended up writing a book and some we became, you know, Christ followers, some just got sober, you know, and, and things like that. It was like a self-help book to them. You know, and uh, so it's it's been different, but honestly, it's just been my story. Mm. It's not been a whole lot of one-on-one, like uh, come sit with me and and then tell them the gospel and then they pray with me. That's that's not happened a lot. It's just been through all the media and then we connect afterwards, you know. Um, it's been more focused on the fans. I've seen a lot of the fans because um, that he's after everybody, but let's face it. That's, I mean, the people that follow us, that's who he's really focused on. Yeah. And so that I've seen a lot with that, but musicians have been, hmm. you know, just through other means like the media. Hmm. Well, just because even when I posted, you were going to be on, you know, to us, it was like a couple of texts. I don't spend months and months. Like I hope someone will respond because, you know, we're not humble enough to, to do what God wants. What are we doing anyway? We shouldn't even be playing music or, or putting right. shows out. But a guy just wrote, it's, I said, any questions? And someone said, man, the two Brians who have influenced me the most. And he obviously is saying it's about his Lord and Savior, but it's a good thing that for you and I, we've been connected and got to reach people. And I think I told you this years ago. I remember someone saying, you're going to do ministry with Brian Welch. And I was like, we were in such opposite realms. And then I didn't realize that was your first show after corn and all the other things we've done. So I guess I'm probably going to see you later this year, a couple of times as well. So yes, <laughs> well, you'll, be, so. you'll be calling me up scared about when you've actually finished the night stalker. So, all right, guys, <laughs> Brian, Brian is him. Um, give us plenty of his time. I know people will be encouraged. Um, could you just let us know what's the best way to follow you, get a hold of you, and then you can pray for us in a moment. So how do they, how they hit you up or whatever? Yeah, I do want to say, um, yeah, brianheadwelch.net, um, Instagram slash brianheadwelch, Facebook slash brianheadwelch, one word, mm. Welch, C-H. And uh, <laughs> I do want to say, look, $15 tickets, February 12th, album mm. release show, special guests, Love and Death. Um, if you go to loveanddeath.veeps, like Victor, V like Victor, E-E-P-S, veeps. Dot com love and death dot beats dot com fifteen dollar tickets so join us and then I guess any th- closing thoughts or I don't know I just want to say that it's been sixteen years walking with the Lord and it he just is so freaking awesome and faithful and gives you what you don't deserve and mm. kindness like I failed so miserably 
and you know, with choices at times over the years. And I feel like because my heart is right and I feel like sorrowful for it, like he he's he's blessed me with gifts, whether like things that come into my life or people or an opportunity right after my biggest failure. And I think he does that to show that it's not our performance. It's, it has to do with our heart, you know? Mm. And so I just, 16 years, I, I, you know, people said it would wear off, you know, oh, he's just, he's got the, he's got the honeymoon phase or whatever. He's coming off of drugs, you know, it's never worn off. I've, you know, I've had, you know, dips along the way, but it's, it's never wore off. He is so real. I tell everybody always, he is so real. If you just go to him, you know, and, you know, ask him to, to come in and forgive you of, of all of your junk and, and mm. walk with you in life. You know, he will show himself real. Mm. Then like the, that passage, you know, that says, uh, I forget it's in John. Yeah. I'm sure you know it, Mr. Uh, Bible memorizer. <laughs> um, you know, he says, he says that, that he manifests himself. What's that scripture? It's in John 14. You know, it's not manifesting at him. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's amazing. It's just amazing. And so that's my last, my mm. last comment I want to say is just that he's so real that mm. you become one spirit with him. Like it says in first Corinthians six, you know, mm. you're one spirit with Christ. So, you know, the, the junk in your life is you and all the good is him. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, as you're listening, I hope, I don't doubt we're going to get people from, you know, Germany or Russia or where, where's, you know, new metal or whatever they called it from all over the world saying a new brian welch interview but the important thing is maybe you'll check out his show i hope you will hopefully you'll read his book hopefully you'll see what god's done in his life but the important thing is brian and i came into this world and we sinned once and once we sinned once and we lied and we lusted and you guys know this by now if you've been listening once we sinned once we're guilty and then we're going to die for that but what God did was he sent his son, Jesus, 2,000 years ago to live, die, and resurrect so we can freely be forgiven. So I hope when you hear Brian, you hear, man, here's this guy that talked about a weight he carried, a way he felt when he was in school, and he got into his music with some of his bros, and the world blew his mind. It's not wrong to make money. It's not wrong to have success. But the Bible says, what does it benefit man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? That's where Brian was. I was a professional skateboarder for Tony Hawk for years, gaining the world, losing my soul. And it took both of us to hit a peak, a lull rather, a, sl a slope that was just taking us to hell, basically. And then we both, by the grace of God, heard the gospel, heard the good news, repented of our sins and received that free gift of Jesus Christ. And I've just heard Brian talk about how he pursues God, the feeling he has with God, the closeness of God. That's the Holy Spirit. You know, the word of God directs us like a, ma like a magazine or reading musical notes tells you, gives you instruction. The fellowship is the Holy Spirit. And then God, our fathers in heaven and all of you, if you're hearing this, can repent, can turn, put your faith as you're hearing his voice. Open up that word and message us, let us know. There you go. So God's the one who presses in and speaks to us and it begins the relationship with him. So all of that, Brian, thank you for your time. Would you just mind as we close, would you just pray us out of this session? And Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, Lord, everybody watching, some believe in you, some don't. What I love, Lord, about this whole walk is that 
you know, we say, well, I believe in Jesus. It's more than that word believe, Lord. We first step into the belief in like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to believe. And then it becomes actual um, back and forth relationship encounter. Like, you know, I, I talk to you. I, I love you and you, you speak to me and you love me and it's spirit to spirit. And it's not like human words, Lord, on your, when you speak to us, it comes from inside of us and, and walking with you and feeling your embraces and feeling your, your just peace and kindness from another world, Lord, there's nothing like it. And there's a lot of people out there, Lord, that, that they do need their sin forgiven and, and they need their sin erased. And that sin, I love, I love it because there's multiple layers to your word, Lord. And that sin that, yeah, we commit sins, but there's another depth to that, to where sin is the nature that is killing us. We're going to the grave. We're all going to the grave because of this sin thing that's in us. It's like a disease that's killing all of us. And so, Lord, um, I just ask you to, to give everybody listening the boldness to actually step in to see how real this is. Because, you know, you can't just walk away from we're sharing the meaning of life. Christ, you are the meaning of life for this world. And we're telling people that right now. And I ask you to give them boldness to search this out to see that this really is the meaning of life. You are the meaning of life, Lord. You are hum humanity restored is in you. So once we walk into you, we're restored and we're, we're made whole and you heal us. And it's a progress throughout our life, but this is real stuff, Lord. And I thank you that, that, that you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you. So I pray for all these people just to, you would protect them you would guide them and lead them into all truth. You would uh, definitely expose all the lies that they're believing. And all of us, Lord, expose the lies that we're believing because in this crazy world, it is just saturated with lies, Lord. Yes. So give us, give us power to detach ourselves from the systems that are leading us into lies and lead us into your love, which is full truth, full peace, full contentment, and full health, Lord. We love you. We trust you. And uh, yes, turn 2021 around. I know it's been a, a hard start this year. Mm. And I ask you to, to help us get rid of this pandemic and get us back to connection with each other. Mm. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys. Brian's telling you, when Jesus lifted up, he'll draw men unto himself. You might have come here through a podcast, through skating, through music, but God is good and faithful. So Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Hey, thank you for your time. Be praying for us. God bless you all. And Brian, I've got to say this before we go. When you watch this back, what's reflecting in the mirror looks like Gollum little figure and i guarantee a load of comments in him in youtube are going to be there so i see it all too you guys but we're, we're filled and sealed by the holy spirit so love you all amen